another world, another time in the age of wonder. A thousand years ago, this land was green and good, until the crystal cracked. A single piece was lost, a shard of the crystal. Then strife began, and two new races appeared, the cruel Cameron and the cruel Chad. Here, in the castle of the crystal, opinions are cheap. How are you, Chad? Doing pretty good. Yay, we did it. We're doing good. How about you? How how you been? So, on the way home, I got stuck behind this van that was driving so slow, and I had a lot of time to look at the bumper sticker. And the bumper sticker said... This is a good way to start a story. Yeah, my kids all have four paws. And I was like, I'm really glad you're not reproducing. (laughs) That'd be funny if her kids were like, like she cut their hands and legs off and just like super glued like lucky rabbit's feet to him but not like oh, within yeah, scale like... so they're just like little nubby rabbit's feet and the kids are just like squalling and screaming because their blood coming out of their mouths and she's like it's i love just... my little fur babies this is all like a lot more sinister than the bumper sticker implies i'm saying i'm saying she needs to belong in prison cameron you drove that behind would... a serial killer that would fix a lot of problems <laughs> uh... i'm enjoying this cake nice you're eating cake i'm drinking beer so that's cool i got it's Bailey's Irish cream cake. Oh, I thought it was actual cake. No, it is. Oh, it is? It's not yeah. like a drink that's cake flavored. It's it's No, it's a cake made out of drink. Oh. So I get to eat my beer. Okay, that's cool too. I like okay. I never like the cake flavored alcohols. I feel like they're too specific. They're too sweet and they're too specific. So you can only mix them with like a couple things. So you get this like bottle of really sugary booze. It's not super high proof. And then it just sits there, and like sugar collects around the cap somehow, and it gets all crusty and gross, and it's just, I can't, I don't, I don't know, it's yeah. a young man's game. There's not a lot of appeal there. Mm-hmm. So, hard pass. Yep. Oh, boy. Mm. So, this isn't going to be our, our second Steven Universe episode, but I do have a question about Steven Universe. Yeah, we can talk about it. Does, does Stevani have a penis or a vajoo? Um, Neither. Is it because it's a cartoon character? No, it's like, well, it's it's kind of like the duck thing where it corkscrews, but it corkscrews into a full loop. Okay, that so makes sense. It's not very functional. So, Stevani could technically dip that in, like, bubble soap and blow bubbles with it. Yeah, that's, like, so, the only thing you can go. do There we go, we solved this problem. It does seem like oh, a thing they haven't addressed, and they maybe won't, but just the idea of, like... <laughs> Stephen's a male and Connie's a lady, and they combine to form something. I I don't know. Like I really like the the sentence there that like well in this Cartoon Network show they might not address what happens to the characters' genitals. I I don't I don't know. They might not get there. I want to see them blow bubbles with the curved penis, the the circular. (laughs) It's like an Ouroboros. (laughs) Maybe it's an actual (laughs) snake. So you've been enjoying Steven Universe? Yeah, I have. It's very good. I, I met Blue Diamond. She cries a lot, and you're like, my favorite is Blue Diamond. I'm just like, yeah, that's on brand. <laughs> I I like Blue <clears throat> Diamond. She's pretty. I don't know about that, but she's very interesting. Like The fact that she's got like actual sympathy to her, and it seems like none of the other diamonds do. Or that she's even yeah. capable of mourning, because I don't think a lot of the gyms are like, no, we're not programmed to, to feel emotions. We do what we're supposed to do. Yeah, and it's one of those topics where 
I feel like there's a different story that did this better, <coughs> but I'm having trouble remembering the name. Um, oh, well, you know what? Kingdom Hearts has this problem, and I feel like Steven okay. Universe handles it better. But in Kingdom Hearts 2, it's like the the nobodies and the Organization 13, like their whole thing is like we're you know we're people, but we don't have a heart, and and we can't feel things, and we're just like we're we're left wanting. And it's like we want to be feel sad because we know we're supposed to feel sad, but we don't, and we know it's missing. But then as the story progresses, there's nobodies that feel sad and cry. And it should be like a neat story beat that maybe they do have feelings all along, but really it's just lazy writing and they kind of mess up. And then later they go back sure. and like change it. It's like, oh, we we forgot about that part. and Ignore that. They don't have feelings. And it's like, well, no, it'd be more interesting if they did have feelings and they didn't realize it. And with the gems... Yeah. It's like a lot of them are stuck in this life where they think they have to do what they're supposed to do. And there's just realization that they have an individuality that's worth exploring. And that's a fun um, adventure for them to go on of self-discovery. Yeah. It's been really fun with the Paradox and Lapis who are, you know, really get a a dose of like, hey, this is Earth. Um, You can do whatever you want here, you know, within reason. And, And them like watching TV and making art and discovering these things that you know we take for granted has been enjoyable but also not in high doses like they use it just sparingly enough where it's fun when they show up but not like obnoxious because they could easily become obnoxious i love that song that paradise sings where like steven's trying to get her to what i must yeah i I just don't remember it where steven's trying to get her to like open up and uh i don't know emote more and so he kind of just like helps her write a song and then gets her to sing it for everybody i like the one where she's wily coyote and gets hurt a lot <laughs> yeah that's fun too that was a really good episode i will say like the, it's weird to think like to watch a cartoon network show and be like oh man this is a filler episode but some of the stuff with like <laughs> onion and ronaldo are just awful and i want to skip it because <laughs> there's no like plot to it right it's not advancing the overarching thing it's just like these are dumb characters doing dumb things and steven is involved Okay, this song here. I found the lyrics. Um, life and death and love and birth and peace and war on the planet. Oh, Earth. yeah, I do remember that one. It's a cute moment because it's it's like Steven's trying to get her to not just fit in, but also like understand why everyone acts the way they do. And there's this neat evolution where she's being like methodical about it, but eventually like she fits in kind of like a joke and Garnet laughs and it's kind of like this nice moment of you officially fit in now. Yeah. And it's a it's a cute, very like subtle things, but it's handled very correctly in a way that makes you appreciate the character and like where they're going. Yeah, there's a lot of like that kind of writing in this show. That's very nice, and it's especially surprising because like think back to those first like six episodes where you weren't sure if you wanted to keep watching. Yeah, <laughs> I think about those every once in a while. Like I'm just like, man, this show has really come a long way since I started. Uh, it's it's impressive, but I I mean I still don't like. Because the, the first handful of episodes was a lot of, like, Monster of the Week, Slice of Life things. And when it does, like, veer into a lot of those episodes in a row, I do kind of... I don't appreciate it as much. Like, it has the show definitely has its strengths, and it doesn't always play to them. And I think it's because it's a Cartoon Network show, which is why we can't yeah. see anybody's genitals. But that would be kind of fun, um, wouldn't it? To see their genitals? That'd be okay. What's funny is that since they're all technically crystals, then that means that they're probably all rock hard. Oh yeah, I like that one. We did we did a good there. I'm glad yeah, we were part of this. It was us, and not just me. If I type in Pearl, effort. and wow, I expected more. I guess 
Never mind then. What? Garnet have one or two T's. Um, two. No, one. I. Hmm. Boom. I don't know. I expected more Steven. There, there's like zero Steven Universe erotica on E621. Well, that's a furry site, though. I know, but you never know with this with this place. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <coughs> Excuse me. I did find a weird snake lady talking to a harpy lady, and there's a spider lady in the background. That's fine. No one's having sex or anything. It's just kind of cute, though they are naked for whatever reason. Have you read that one about the, uh, it's like a, what is it, a cafe with like, but it's, they're all like monster characters? Um, that sounds familiar. It's cute. I, it's one of the things where I really like the character designs and they're cute. Um, but then it goes like way adult and it's like, uh, I can't let anyone know that these characters are cute because they'll think I'm like really into the other half. Sure. It was kind of, that reminds me of, um, Sunstone, which is a, it started off as a DeviantArt comic and then it picked, was picked up by Top Cow. And so it, it sold itself in the first handful of pages. Like, this is going to be really hot lesbian uh, bondage, you know, porn kind of thing. And I, I remember getting word that we were going to get review copies of it. And so I, I, looked, at the, uh, I looked it up on DeviantArt because I was like, oh, I can get it for free right now. It's still on there. And uh, turns out it wasn't, it wasn't really porn. It was like titillating, but no one, it would always fade to black when, when people were having sex. And I'm and like my thing about that was like, you know, like the exact opposite, right? We're like, well, I'm here because this said it was porn, and it's not porn, so I'm really mad. And everything else is okay. Some of the dialogue's not great, but the fact that it lied to me is upsetting. Did you like the new Blade Runner movie? I never saw it. So I liked it. I think my biggest complaint with it is there's a lot of nudity that didn't have to be there, hmm. and it wasn't so much that like, boy, there's a lot of nudity in the movie. It's like I noticed that, and it's fine. But then there's this one scene where the main character and his girlfriend, um, they're having a romantic moment. And that's, excuse me, that's progressing, but then there's no nudity in it. And, like, there's this touching scene where they have adult relations, and it's kind of tasteful. And it left me wondering, is, is this an intentional juxtaposition between their relationship and then the way relationships are projected in the outside world? Or... Is it because this scene's more important, so if they have to edit it for TV, they don't have to cut the scene out? Because I couldn't a, tell if it was an intentional decision or not. Right. That's a really good... That's an interesting <laughs> question, because you don't know. And I feel like I'm so cynical to Hollywood shit, where I feel like it's the second one, right? Where we're like, well, we can put a lot of boobs in here because people like boobs, but also, if we have to make this on TV, yeah, this scene's important. We don't want to put, like, black bars over it. Oh, wait, so or you didn't see that movie. Oh, I... <sighs> I liked it. A lot of people were really sour on it, but it's so depressing. And maybe like I kind of like that because it's sad, and I like sad things. Yeah, I don't. But man, I need to rewatch the first one, right? Because I remember watching it and not really caring for it. And then it's like, oh, there's a new Blade Runner. Everyone's excited. I'm just like, I don't really give a shit. And then everyone's like, no, it's really good. It's like, should I rewatch the first one? Did you watch the first one with the narrator or not? Yeah, but I don't remember. Because I kind of like, like it without the narration. Yeah, there's like, I have a I have a released set of four versions, but I'm told there's more. But these are the four that the director approves of. And it's like, all right, that was Ridley Scott, right? Yeah, man, it is hard to trust his judgment now. I'm still mad about Alien Covenant. Yeah, I I wonder honestly, what's the best way to do an Alien movie now? It's like, do you have to acknowledge Covenant, or is there a way to do a sequel that like is so standalone that you don't have to worry about it? I assume you would do standalone and just 
completely different set of characters, a different um, different planet, different everything. And I don't know what story you would tell because I've read so many of the comic books and I've read, I've seen the movies and I've played the video games. And it's hard to do something, I think, that would be totally new that would still, like, satisfy fans because we're a prickly, stupid bunch of idiots. And it's like, I don't know how you win with it, right? Like, I feel like it's almost like to win is to not play, which is disappointing, but also maybe for the best. Well, it's just, I hate being in this culture right now where everything has to be 100% banked on nostalgia, even if your target audience isn't nostalgic for the thing. Oh, dude, did you see the trailer for Door the Explorer, the movie? No, people have been talking about it, and I don't know why, because it's like, why would I go see that movie, right? Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not the target audience, so I haven't sought it out. Well, that's what's really frustrating about the trailer, is I don't know who the target audience even is. Hmm. Um, it opens, and it's like, no, uh, I mean, you can if you want to, but it's like, uh, Dora's a teenager, and she's on an adventure in the jungle, and it's like, oh, is this going to be like Indiana Jones for kids? Like, that's kind of cute. I can see the appeal there. But then it immediately takes this left turn, and it's like, Dora has to go to real high school and act like normal people do. But it's a fish-out-of-water oh, really? thing, because she's from the jungle. And it's like, Dora, you can't bring your hunting knife to class. And she has a hunting knife in her purple backpack, you know, like Dora does. And it's like, what wh- what is this? Are you making this up, or does this actually happen? So then... Her parents get abducted by treasure hunters, and then they abduct her, and like, hey, Dora, uh, you're going to help us find the lost city of gold, or your parents get it. And then she, like, she has to lead the teenagers that get abducted with her through the jungle, and now it's a save-your-parents adventure story like Laura Croft. And it's like, okay, this trailer went through three different movie genres, and I, I don't know what it is anymore, and I don't know who it is for. Like, who, I'm waiting who grew for up on Dora? Get- and just be cool, Dora. Okay, what is this? Oh! Where did you transfer from? The jungle. Here's the scavenger hunt list. Team up in groups of four. Oh my god, she has fucking weapons in her backpack. Well, you weren't know. lying. It sounds like a thing I would make up, right? It sounds like a thing you would make up and we would have a good laugh about it because it's stupid. Right. And then, I mean, no, that was just this... a gag in the trailer. This is really this weird. Tr- Ah, this trailer was so bad, like, I was angry about it for two straight minutes, and it's like, I sat down and had to write down a Blue's Clues movie trailer that was, like, just as bad. Oh, yeah, you sent me that, which was actually pretty good. Well, that's the funny part. Like, I was I was workshopping this with my mom, and by the end, we agreed that we'd both see this movie. I feel like in the gritty reboot of Blue's Clues, Blue is like a Rottweiler. I don't know where I'm going to go with that, but I like the premise. <laughs> just like this big blue Rottweiler that people are afraid of. So oh, no, know. it's, a, it's the- a German shepherd, and it's a police dog, and he fi- hunts out the clues for the cop, and they, like, solve crimes. Oh, you know what I really liked as a premise was that comic where it was kind of like uh, Calvin and Hobbes, but, like, he grows up, but he still thinks his imaginary friend is real. Oh, yeah, as a premise, that would work. As a comic, that was dreadful. Right, it's a clever idea, and it's like, wow, I want to read this. And the more of it I read, it's like, wow, they're not done workshopping this idea, I guess. Because the the elevator pitch was more entertaining than the first issue of the book. This is another thing where it goes back to nostalgia, right? Where people were, like, eating that fucker up and really enjoying it. And I think it's only because it's like, oh, man, Calvin and Hobbes, it reminds me of that. But it's dark and edgy, so I can be an adult and be nostalgic and still like it. And all of the other bullshit. I don't have to critically think about any of the plot contrivances. See, it's weird right now 
like there's so many Marvel movies. I'm so tired of them now. But we're also mm-hmm. in this world where like Star Wars movies are coming out faster than they need to. Yep. And I feel like we're going to hit a point where Disney's like, okay, this isn't worth it. We have to stop making Star Wars movies for a little while. So they kind of, they, you know, they keep up the games. They have the amusement park stuff. They, they sell, you know, anniversary t-shirts, but they don't make movies. And eventually the time will come again where we have to make a new Star Wars movie. But this is for like the grandkids of people that grew up on Star Wars. And it's like, I, I don't know if they have to reboot it. Or if they have to make a new, like, pretend trilogy that picks up at, like, what is it going to be, 10? Like, yeah, I don't know how you <laughs> handle that. This, is episode 10 something that anyone will look forward to? No, it's one of those things, right, because we, we had that conversation a while back where it's like, how do you write, if you were to write, a, you know, episode 8 of Star Wars, how do you do it? And the answer is, who the fuck knows, because you're looking at, like, a $200 million movie that has to appeal to literally everyone, or you're in deep shit and you're going to get fired from Disney. Unless you're, I guess, J.J. Abrams, because he pissed a lot of people off and he still got a job. But points, you know, point being, like, you have, a, it's a lot of pressure to write a movie that's supposed to appeal to everyone and cost this much money. How do you do that? And we struggled with it. And so the idea of, like, what do you do 20 years from now with Star Wars? It's like, I don't know, but I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. Yeah, I think I really like the idea of writing a Star Wars movie if it wasn't part of, like, a core trilogy. Yeah. Like, if someone came to me and said, hey, we want you to do the Greedo movie, and I'm like, hey, I'll do it, but it's not going to be about Greedo. It'll be about a different Rodian. And if they agree to that, I would do it. They agreed to it. Yes. Oh, you know what's really good? Greedo burritos. What's in one of those? Um, A lot of stuff. I- I'd have to find the recipe. They're good, though. Okay. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um, I remember when Greedo showed up. He's-, he's that blue guy that gets shot by Han Solo, right? Yeah, with the big old bug eyes. Yeah, I remember when he showed up in Star Wars the first time I watched it, I was like, I like that character. He's cool. I hope he's awesome in this movie. Then he gets shot like four seconds later. And I was just like, oh, this movie doesn't like me. Yeah, he is cool. Like, whenever I get to play a Star Wars game online, it's always like, oh, is there a Rodian? I want to be a Rodian. I love how they sound, too. They have that weird echo with their dumb made-up language. Yeah. That's what he sounds like. I feel like Star Wars is big enough where you could probably do fun stuff, and then, like, the EU probably explored, like, all of it already, and I like the idea, but I don't actually like it enough to want to do anything with it, right? Like, I think I have that same toy, that Greedo figure in the background there. I don't know. I I listened to this review of a, uh, it's a Kylo Ren and Rey fanfiction, but they wanted to publish it on Amazon, so they went through and changed all the names, but it's very clearly Star Wars. Okay. And it's like, they, they have these interesting ideas, but the book's very bad unless you understand that this is really about Star Wars because there's a lot of missing information. Sure. But, <coughs> excuse me, one of my favorite parts is, like, there's a twist where Kylo Ren and Rey find out that the reason they're both so strong and the reason that they're both, like, connected psychically is because they're actually from the same planet. And it turns out they're both the last survivors of the lost planet Earth. Oh. And it's like, eh... Like that, I thought this was in a galaxy far, far away and a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, it's like, it's supposed to be this huge twist, and it's like, it's so deflating when you get to that point in the story. And also, it's like, as uh, an Earthling, we aren't psychically linked together. Yeah, there's there's holes that come along with that. Without the wonders of Skype or Facebook. <laughs> it's funny, though. Uh, so anyways, Wait, you know what's good in Star a... Wars? Hmm. Uh, puppets. Puppets, yeah, you want to talk about puppets. I like Puppets. That, I mean, that's all. What was your point? Oh, no, I was just saying, imagine being at a point where you, you write 
a fanfic and you like it so much you want to publish it to get money, but then I realized that Fallout Equestria is a thing and I'm pretty sure you can buy hardcovers of that. So maybe I'm doing it wrong. I think there's like two major motion pictures coming out this year that are based on like fan fiction that's been adapted. It wouldn't surprise me at this point. I mean, what is it? Fifty Shades of Grey made how much money? It's like, oh, let's just let's go to these bad writers that don't know how much money is worth, and we'll we'll get these apparently award-winning scripts off of them. I don't know if it ever won any awards other than a Razzie, but it made money, and I think at the end of the well, day, yeah, maybe that more so. But I'm curious if I can go if I, if I can get Fallout Equestria on Amazon because you wouldn't think so because of like copyright, but uh, Life's Strange. Well, here's a Fallout Equestria EP. The Elements of Harmony, Friendship is Magic, Fallout... Nope, that's, uh... Not it. Okay, so there's some music stuff. I didn't know there was music stuff. Okay, so I guess you can't get this on here. Never mind. You can't... Oh, I'm well. pretty sure you can buy it, though, right? Like, what if I I'm bet. just stupid and I don't know anything? And it's it's weird what you can and can't buy. Um, that, Like, there's some weird stuff on Patreon where it's like, there's no way that you have the right to make money off of this thing that you're doing. But at the same time, no one's going to chase you down over it, so who cares? Right. I don't know. Do you like puppets? Puppets are okay. They kind of freak me out sometimes. It do you, kinda, do you it, like Dark Crystal? Oh man, no. Dark Crystal was like horrifying when I was a kid. Dark Crystal is like, that's what I want out of fantasy. It's like, yeah, Lord of the Rings is neat, but can we get more autistic and obscure about it? <laughs> <laughs> can there be no humans at all and everything's like a weird creature? Isn't like the middle of that movie really boring too? Uh, no, the entirety of the movie is very boring. Because I remember, like, not liking that as a kid for, I think, a couple reasons, and one of them was it, it's it scared not for kids, me, dude. and one of them yeah. was that nothing happens, and I was bored. It's it's not an entertaining movie. It's a, it, it really is, it's like Lord of the Rings, just, like, with less sequences of fighting armies of orcs. Like, there's a lot of just, <laughs> the, the, the main Gelfling is pretty much just Frodo with the ring, and he's like, well, I have this thing, but I don't know what to do with it. Should I take it somewhere? Do I need to do something with it? What am I supposed to do with it? And this is him narrating to himself while he's wandering in a desert. And it's like, it's this is clearly for adults who can process the story. It's not a fun puppet show for children. And so it's sure. kind of like, hey, the guy that made the Muppets and Yoda, he made a new movie about puppets. It's it's really cool. Uh, oops. Um, But honestly, it was like the whole movie was made just for me. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's one of those things. I still, I love the Skeksy, the scary, like, vulture people. Yeah. I I love I, them I so the, much. The humans to be more, like, off-putting. They hit, like, some Uncanny Valley thing with the way their faces are and the way they emote or don't emote because they're puppets. They, they weren't humans. Elf, human things, whatever the fuck they were. They're like gnomes. I don't know. It's been, like, 24 years since I've seen this movie. Okay, whatever. It's just, um, I don't know. I love puppetry especially i mean but i like the, the appreciate it right like it's it's yeah a really cool art form but i love the i love the skexy like i feel like this movie inspires a lot of my art and like world building and i love when there's like just a thing that you look at and you immediately know it's like a it's a horrible monster you don't want to deal with but it's sure. neat when that's the kind of creature that's in power because it's kind of like a goblin king or something where it's like you kind of have to respect the authority he has because he could sick an entire kingdom on you but he's also inherently evil, and you want to be careful because you don't trust him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that's a fun thing to play with, and just they're it, like isn't nasty, there like a gruesome scene where like the vultures eat something? Um, 
Well, there's a there's a weird scene where they like suck the soul out of a out of a gnome. Um, there's mm. there's one where like the the emperor is on a deathbed, and when he dies, he like turns to ash, and it's this amazing effect. I don't really know how they even did it. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of like scary imagery. Did you know you can get Dark Crystal Funko Pops? Yeah, I honestly, I I'm a little surprised I don't Good own one because I. I would make a compromise for Dark Crystal, but they're just, they're so bad. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just, I love puppetry. I realized, like, I kind of wish I was an actor. I love doing voices and getting into roles and things, but I've never thought of myself as someone who looks good. Like, it's it's never like, boy, I want to be on the big screen. It was like, oh, how, how do those bird people talk? I want to be doing that. That looks fun. I want to make their little beaks clack. And it's like, at some sure. point I realized I love puppetry. And I, I just, I love uh, the puppet work in Star Wars. In fact, that was my biggest complaint with The Last Jedi is the casino is full of all these really bad puppets that are so transparent in how they operate. And they're so poorly made. And it bugs me how it's like the worst puppetry in all Star Wars movies. And it's like, who allowed this? I didn't think of the last like puppet thing I watched. And it might have been like a Star Wars thing, which I wouldn't really consider a puppet thing because... I feel like to me, like puppets is like uh, Sesame Street, right? Like you, you know it's a puppet. Like that's the whole point. You're watching it. It's that. And um, I can't remember what the name of that what movie was. It had Melissa McCarthy in it, and then like puppets, and they were cops. Oh yeah, um, Happy Time Murders. Yeah, and I have that on the Netflix queue, and I remember thinking like the trailer to that was super funny. So I'm excited to see that, even though it's probably a terrible movie. But I have a feeling I'll get a kick out of it. It's probably fine. Can't be that bad. <clears throat> Excuse me. But yeah, I, I think I realized also this is why I like VR chat so much is that it's just puppetry. Sure. Because I, I keep gravitating towards things that are not human shaped, which is really hard to do when it's like it's supposed to be VR like you're there. And I keep picking these things where there's like weird tricks to how to how to emote or how to do certain animations that are not humanoid. <coughs> and I keep making up voices and like doing things and and just I have fun putting on a show for people. And it's like, man, this is my this is my calling. I wish I'd gotten to puppetry when I was younger. It is it is kind of funny because I know you sent me a, a thing where you were in a bar being a, some kind of harpy and people were being silly and you were definitely like in character and not about to break that character and like everyone had to deal with that. Yes, <laughs> which is which is a, a a funny thing to me. Yeah, and that's the best stuff when. I, I love getting some of the reactions I do, because, like, I, I think of the clip I showed you, somebody was like, oh, the harpy's back, and then the guy's like, the what? And he turns around, and his first reaction is like, whoa, what the heck? And it was, like, <laughs> this just genuine moment of, like, what am I even looking at? And it's, like, in my head, it's like, okay, I gotta I gotta do something memorable and be funny, and so I make my stupid bird noises, and that seems to entertain people. And they're like, oh, I guess it's a pigeon harpy, huh? Didn't know those were a thing. And then you, like, brought him booze. <laughs> And it's just it like, was, man, oh. this is weird. There was one night, um, these two guys were sitting at a table, and one of them was like, uh, he was this knight from, uh, like, Dark Souls or something, and so he lo- had this, like, really, like, holy knight appearance, and then the other guy was, like, Spider-Man, and the two of them were talking about something, and I just, I walked over and I dropped a couple beers on their table, and the knight was like, oh, no, no, get your, get your demon liquor out of here, I don't, I don't need that devil water, get that out of here, we don't drink that. And he, like, pushes off the table, and then I went back to the bar, and I grabbed two shots, and I brought those back. And, like, I just kept bringing them drinks, and they kept, like, throwing them back at me and yelling. And so they huh. <laughs> they got up and went upstairs where there isn't a bar. So I had to go 
back to the bar and take the drinks upstairs like all the way and it kept just showing up when they weren't looking and like he's like here you go um and it was just this funny running gag where other people are watching this happen and they just kept goes like oh, stop bringing your demon liquor here mm. So, like, Speaking do of which, they eventually nice. leave after you bother them too much, or... No, it was in good fun. Like, everybody was, like, in character. Okay. Because I guess I don't know what, like, the end goal is out of this, other than, I guess, to waste a few hours, right? Yeah, there's there's a weird thing with VR chat, and maybe it's because everyone's forced to use voice, but it's like, everybody is there to have a good time, and everybody sounds like a human being. And so there's this weird opportunity to, like, for some people, it's how they get over social anxiety... Because it's it's kind of a safe place in that if you're uncomfortable, you can just push a button and leave. And there's no consequences. Sure. Um, but it also encourages you to get actual human behavior because part of the VR part is like you can pick up on body language and things. So like you know when someone's being sarcastic or if someone's like actually getting upset because you can see them kind of acting different. And it, there's, a, there's a subtlety to it, but it, it's enough for some people to actually kind of work with. Okay. And I, I just read this interesting article about a guy who, uh, apparently it's the guy that popularized that, um, Uganda Knuckles thing. And, uh, oh, yeah. he pop, well, he did it by accident because he, he saw this funny thing happening. So he uploaded the video and then the video got so many like retweets that it's got like 7 million views and now everyone's like copycatting it for no reason. And he's like, well, oops. But he kept recording stuff in VR chat and he had this conversation with a guy who was really depressed because, uh, he in his country he has to have like a mandatory um military service because he just got out of school so now he has to do his two years in the military and that's how his brother died and how he's not really afraid of dying but it's like it's reminding him a lot more of his brother than he thought it would and that's really upsetting him and he has this really like good heart-to-heart just open conversation and this guy is using like a a piglet avatar or something but he just like he'd been drinking and he just opened up so this oh. guy uploads the video to YouTube, and he's like, this isn't funny, but it's this really touching kind of interview with this guy. And then people really liked that. So now he's going around, and like he, he'll record these interviews he'll do with random people he bumps into. But he gets these really touching stories of people with like actual problems or just weird life experiences. And it's like this interesting kind of thing that you might see on like CNN or something like Geraldo would do. Just you're talking to a weird Elmo avatar yeah. You know what I mean? That he's going through divorce right now. And it's like, wow, you, you don't get these sort of interactions out of any other platform. It is it is really interesting. It's kind of like, it reminds me a bit of Comedy Night in a way, where it's just like, you know what you're getting into, and what you're getting into is probably going to be really fucking weird and maybe a waste of time. But there's that almost like a performance art aspect to it, where you're just like, yeah, but... It's just, it's definitely not for me, though. Like, if I'm going to play a video game, it's going to be not that. Right. I think the other avatar I've been using a lot is this, uh, it's the made-up raptor from A Lost Planet 2, Last Lost World 2. What was the new Jurassic Park movie? Um, <laughs> I think it was the Jurassic, Lost World. I didn't see it. It was Jurassic World Lost Planet, Fall of, Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom, that's it. Did you see that one? No. They had a dumb made-up raptor that was... Did you see the last Jurassic World? Oh, uh, yeah, the Chris Pratt one. Yeah. I guess this was probably got Chris Pratt in it, too, but... Yeah, so they, yeah. they had that made-up dinosaur that was, like, half Velociraptor. Andromeda's right? Rex. So they took that and mixed that with raptor, so it's an even more dangerous raptor. 
Okay. So anyway, someone made an avatar of that, and it it's very well sculpted, and it's very well animated, and it's cool because you get these like big hands, and there's buttons to make different like raptor sound effects and things. So I'll like I'll use that, and I'll sneak into the bar by like crawling low, and I'll like I'll recreate the uh, um the kitchen scene where they're like sniffing around the corners. You oh, know what nice. I mean? So it's like if I know somebody's in the bathroom. I'll like I'll get around to the door and I push the button where they kind of like have this like low sniffing growl sound. It's like, <laughs> and then like I'll poke my head in and like tilt around a little bit, and like the big old claws come around and they grab the door as I walk in. Um, and I'll like I'll peek over the bathroom stalls and it's like you'll hear people like screaming, go ah, it's a dinosaur, and they go hiding. But then I'm like doing this whole like play acting thing where they end up like hiding in the same stalls. And I was like five anime girls in there. And it's just like, this is a really funny scene. But it looks cool because it's animated so well. And I have a lot of fun, like, articulating all the different little details on this kit. Nice. How come there's no more dinosaurs in video games? What happened to that? I don't know. What's up with that? It used like, to be all dinosaurs it, were. It just feels like it's like, you remember Zoids where, like, it was the big. Yes. I want, I want more of that shit. I yeah, play a video Zoids game where I get. Come back. Yeah, Zoids is cool. And you gotta get a big old fucking robot dinosaur with guns and blow shit up. And it's like, yeah, everything about that is good. Where is, where is that? Uh, it was a 3DS game I got called Fossil Fighters. And it's cute because it was kind of like a Pokemon game where you collect dinosaurs. But it was like you immediately get cool dinosaurs. It wasn't like you got to start out with all the dumb herbivores and then eventually you'll get a T-Rex. It's like you could get a T-Rex like really quick if you wanted to. And it would be like the best okay. one in your party. Um, and it was it was fun because the character designs were super cute. Like the, it was cartoony and colorful, but they had personality. And it's like, oh, I kind of like that dude. That's a cool one. And oh, that one has like cool like lightning bolt patterns on his side or whatever. He's neat looking. And it was kind of it's a it's a really like dumb kids game, but it was kind of refreshing just to have a fun dinosaur game. Sure. Because yeah, they don't do that much on anymore. You ever play Home Improvement? No. The first level was dinosaurs, and it's like, wow, like, SNES times, every game had dinosaurs in it. It was like, that was Mario, that was, uh, Tonga was big. I remember there actually being a Jurassic Park video game. Yeah, I loved that. I had I that on the Genesis. I could only get, like, to level three or four, and then I would get stuck. And it was either too hard and I couldn't beat it, or there was some puzzle thing I had to do that I couldn't figure out, because I was, like, six. You have yeah, to wonder if that dinosaurs. kind of stuff holds up. It doesn't. Because, I mean, let's um, face it, I haven't thought about that game in, like, a decade or more, right? Like, probably two decades. And so all of a sudden, it's like, I wonder if I would still enjoy that. And it's like, yeah, probably not. Yeah, I think, for the most part, I didn't know better. Because, <laughs> I mean, there's Super Nintendo games that are still good. Like, you can go back and play a Castlevania, and the controls uh-huh. are tight. And everything's designed really well. And if you go back and play Jurassic Park, it's like, oh, uh, oh, that's not great jumping. Oh, that's not a good system there. And I don't know how to grab that ledge. It just sometimes it falls and sometimes it doesn't. But as a kid, like, I've never played Castlevania. I didn't know there were better games. Yeah. I remember really liking the uh, the Lion King game on the Sega. Oh, I Part hate that game. Part of it was because I actually knew, like, the cheat code to unlock all the levels. But I never wanted to play Adult Simba. Like, I liked, I liked up until... You became an adult, and then I would stop because, like, the gameplay changed. Like, you had to like start fighting stuff instead of like hopping on it or running away. And I didn't like for some reason. I just didn't like. I didn't like the combat of it. Like, I didn't want to like claw fight hyenas. I wanted to platform. And I think it's an interesting idea. Like in retrospect, like oh, the game changed its gameplay fairly heavily in 
that's cool because not a lot of games are gonna be like now we're gonna be a different genre. But I also didn't like it, and maybe there's a reason why not a lot of games do that, right? Right. They had good music too, but also you know, Lion King soundtrack, of course it did. Yeah, that that actually did have a good adaptation of the soundtrack. What was the other one? Uh, Aladdin was actually a good game. Yeah, I was thinking Aladdin too. I don't remember playing that one as much, but I definitely did. That one actually kind of holds up. Like you could play it now, and it feels okay. You know what does not hold up is Sonic the Hedgehog 1. I, I really don't like that game. Yeah, they did have no spin dash. The level design was weird. Yeah, they, they improved a lot by 2. Sonic 2 is a good game. Sonic 2 is where things become like iconic, right? Like the uh, the chemical plant zone. Like People know that zone. That's a, that's a fucking cool, cool level. Tails. Tails. Tails is cool. I liked... I like... A, man, Sonic 2 is great. Sonic 3 is great. We've talked about Sonic before, but I'm still a big fan. Still reading the comic books. I heard they're working on a new game. That, I, I wonder what it'll be. That always makes me nervous, be. though, because there's so many bad ones. Well, yeah, and it's like, is this going to be a sequel to Mania, or a sequel to Forces, or is it going to be another attempt to, like, do something new? Because I feel like there's a winning choice, and a losing choice, and then there's, like, a dice roll. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I wonder, you know, I wonder what they're going to go for. I hope it's good. It's nice when there's, like, good Sonic games. Just because, like, you get to say that, like, hey, we live in a... Now the timeline has given us good Sonic games, but, like, I, I did stop trying to play through Sonic Adventures. But for a bit I tried, and it's like, god, this game is so bad. Yeah, it doesn't hold up that great, does it? I was kind of surprised when I sat down to play it again. But it's like, wow, I'm I'm not enjoying myself like I used to. It would be one thing if, like, the good Sonic levels, because those are the only good ones, weren't so sketchy in terms of, like... Oh, now I'm just like, I fell out of the level. It's not my fault. I'm just like, this level is really poorly designed right here. And if you don't know it's coming, you can't dodge it. You just like, you just die. Uh, I don't know how far in I got with that game either. Like, I got to, I was at Knuckles, and I was at like a ghost area doing the Chaos Emeralds. I kept finding them. That's, I want to say that's like 70% through. Okay, so like, I made a decent shot. Part of me is just like, man, it doesn't take long to finish a, ga- a level. Like, like, you can play through that whole game in like an hour. You know what you're doing. Like I could, I could conceivably finish that tonight and not lose a lot of time. Yeah, you know what was holding me up was uh, the uh, the tails levels where you're in the mech. Mm-hmm. Those take forever, but also like the checkpoints are really bad because you can die in one hit if yeah. you miss the geometry on a weird moving platform and you just like fall and die. And it's like yep. nothing about this is fun. Yeah, that happened a lot with me, where I'm just like, okay, I'm making progress, I'm shooting stuff. This isn't super fun, but at least I'm going forward. And then. Yeah, like, a platform will just fall out from underneath you, and then you, you fall and die because you don't have the thing, or, or whatever. You just, you just don't know what's going to happen. I don't know, it, it's, it's like, who, d- the design work on this game, it just seems so bad on paper. Like, who did this? Like, who signed off on this? Well, I think the reality is that they were rushed every single time. Yeah. There was always, like, okay, we have this great idea, and if we can just make it work, it'll be fine. Oh, a new Mario game's coming out, like, in 12 months. We kind of have to get this out in nine months. All right. Yeah, I can see that being the case. Did you ever play Sonic 06? No, but I watched the Game Grumps play through most of it. Me and my brother, and actually I think Richard was there too, we all kind of agreed that it was like, no, Richard knows better. It was just me and my brother. We kind of agreed they have to be playing that up. It can't really be this bad. And I remember, like, I went to GameStop, and we're we're looking at stuff, and the guy's like, hey, are you looking for anything? And I was like, well, actually, yeah, do you have Sonic the Hedgehog for um, Xbox 360? And he's like, ah, uh, let me check. 
Uh, yeah, we do. There you go. It's right here. And it's like, okay, cool. I'll take that. It's like, okay, that's um, that's three dollars. Uh, we also have Sonic Racing. It's like, no, I, I'll take this one. Here's three dollars. It's like, and we have Sonic Heroes. It's like, no, it's okay. I'll take this one. Um, Sonic and the Secret Rings. The and true like, GameStop experience. But he was also like, there's. You probably don't mean this one. You're not looking for this one. Oh sure. You know what I mean? I think he yeah. kind of like. I think he was actually trying to make sure that I was a happy customer by the end of the day. And it's like, no, this is the treasure I'm after. <laughs> this is and my I remember, chaos emerald. Yeah, the, it was like the first level, and I I was like running through a loop, and halfway through the loop, the character just kind of stopped and fell straight down and died. <laughs> in a way that we hadn't seen on the Game Grumps playthrough. And I looked at my brother, and, and we were both like, this going to be good. <laughs> that was an experience. My, my, the real shame with Sonic 06 is, like, in Sonic Generations, like, my favorite level from that is a Sonic 06 level. And so you're playing through, like, a well-designed version of this. And it's like, oh, this is really cool. I wonder, And then it's like, oh, but no, the, the game it's from is terrible. Like, it's just straight really terrible. And it clearly there was like some good ideas in that game, even if it just like was an aesthetic thing. Like it's just a shame that you know when you can see like a glimmer of hope, but it's it's a really tiny glimmer, and there's a lot of darkness around it. Metaphors. Oh man, going back to Dark Souls, you know what would be a really good like video game adaptation of Dark Souls? Dark Souls? I mean Dark yeah. Crystal. Yeah. Well, no, that both things. They should make a. They should take Dark Crystal and make it into a Souls game. Okay. Because it's basically, like, the whole world's, like, dead and barren, except for these, like, roaming suits of evil armor that can kill you in one hit. And it's like, hey, wait a minute. This kind of works. I want From to make an Inuyasha game. Dude, that would be fun. Wouldn't that be, like, the strangest pairing of things? Well, did you see that new Zelda game? Do you mean the one that came out, like, last year? No, the the one they just announced, the, uh, the indie one. What? What are you fucking talking about? Uh... They went to the devs that made Crypt of the Necrodancer, and they're making a Zelda game. That's news to me. It's Yeah, it's news to everyone. Like, w- w- Can you imagine an indie studio that Nintendo trusts with their property? No. It's big news. How come I haven't heard Crypt about it then? Uh, this was like two days ago, so you might have oh, okay. missed it. Well, the, yeah, the, the, uh, the video game podcast, the one I listen to, I think they record on Friday, and I listen to it on Tuesday or Wednesday the following week. And so I'm like typically a week behind with that one so yeah it'll probably be like two weeks before i hear about it yeah so it's called cadence of hyrule huh but it's literally just the same exact um gameplay as crypto the necrodancer man that this is a zelda game what oh featuring the legend of zelda yeah but it's like really heavily zelda it's weird hearing like this is a zelda-ish game also there's voice acting she's cool she's got a shovel i don't really like how things hop Oh, have you never played this game? No, but I don't. I love the pixel art. It looks great. I don't like the movement. Like, that hop thing is kind of driving me nuts. Crypt I don't... of the Necrodancer. You know what? I'll just say that's my glad space. I recommend anyone play that game. Well, I'm not going to do it. I don't like how they hop. I don't know, man. It, when you get your hands on with it, that hopping is a very important visual cue to the like the combat, really. Okay. I'm sure it works when you're playing it, and it just doesn't. It just looks weird to see. It's it is weird to watch. Like I don't think the trailer does justice to how good the game feels. That's fair. Um, especially when like the soundtrack gets going, the the music in the base game is actually just super good, and I, it makes me want to keep playing when I die or something. It's like yeah, but the song is really good. I want to try again. As someone who made a game that 
doesn't that like you have to play it to realize it's fun. Like watching it doesn't really do it justice. I understand all of that, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Oh hey hey, you're an indie developer. You should ask Nintendo if you can make a Metroid. Oh man, me uh, that'd be cool. Me me and Joe are making a game right now that we could just sub the the visuals out and just make a Metroid. We're not very far into it though. He's got a we'll port of Game Maker to C plus plus, so we can do everything we want to do. Oh, that new Samurai Showdown looks good too. I don't know about Man, that. This one. is gonna be a good. This is gonna be a good year for games. I will buy maybe one game this year. <laughs> <coughs> will you buy Sekudo Shadows Die twice to do? No, Joe did, and I never want to play it based on all of the cursing he's done at the TV. It's pretty fun. Oh, he was right. I was in the wrong area. Oh, really? So I thought I was stuck on a mini boss. This is like an optional boss that I'm not supposed to find yet. Oh. So I went back, and I found, like, the first boss, and I kind of killed him on my first try, and it's like, oh, all right. What I might do with Sekiro is that once my brother's beaten it, like, three times and knows it inside and out and how to play the game really well, and he's like, dude, you have to play this, I'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to sit down, and you're going to be my walkthrough. I'm going to play, and you're just going to tell me where to go. Because that's how I beat Bloodborne and Dark Souls, and that was okay that way. I could do that. I still had to fight the bosses. I didn't hand the controller off or anything, but, uh... You know, like, I, I wasn't going to put up with any of the bullshit of, like, exploring, because when you die, you're really punished, and I don't want to put up with that. I just don't have time or energy. So, so it's actually kind of interesting. The deaths are a lot less punishing in this game, but also, I feel like the combat's a lot harder. Joe made it sound the opposite. Like, you lose you lose money, you lose, like, experience. I don't know well, if yeah, those things but, are important. Well, I mean, I, I find myself spending experience as soon as I get it, and then money... You can kind of bank it, so if you're just walking around with a lot of money, it's kind of on you. Oh. I also find it easy to get money, so... I mean, I, I don't know. He's further in the game than I am, so maybe that becomes a bigger issue later. I did watch him play for a bit, and he it was, like, really cool when... When you know what you're doing, like, the combat looks so fucking sweet. Like, he killed, like, six people, it, oh, and it was it's awesome. It's so cinematic. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really rad. So I love... Did you watch the, like, the opening tutorial... There's this cool thing where, like, the tutorial happens, and it's like, you you should be dead, but you woke up anyways. So, it's like, well, where am I? I My memories. I'm a Japanese man. And you walk around looking for your honor, but you can't find it. <laughs> and, like, there's a, like, kind of the stealth sequence where you sneak around, and you can't fight anything, and then you find the, the guy you're supposed to protect. And he gives you your sword back. So you get your sword, and now it's like, push this button to attack, and push this button to parry. And that's all we're going to teach you. And you kill, like, five guys tops. And it's like, okay, we got to sneak over here. And you go through a cave, and then there's this really cool hill covered in flowers with a big old moon in the sky. And there's this little figure standing on top of the hill. And it's like, oh, no, he's going <laughs> to... He's a big boy... And there's this cool cutscene where this like evil samurai is there, and he's like, "Shikiri, yours." And he draws a sword. That was really good, what you just did there. I believed it. And and there's and it looks like a it looks like a movie. Like it's so pretty and cinematic. And this guy, like I remember, like when I first saw his silhouette in the distance, I was like, "Oh no, that guy's gonna kill me." But as soon as the swords were drawn. It was, like, that feeling completely left me, and I, like, charged him, 
and we're parrying shots and trading blows and there's like sparks flying everywhere and like rolling through the flowers and he he does this trick shot that I barely noticed and I roll back and then he's up in the air and I'm like deflecting his sword as he comes down and I was fighting him for the longest time and then he finally like got this one trick shot in and he cuts off your arm and it goes to a cutscene about you being defeated and it's like oh I was supposed to lose but they give you this opportunity to actually have this boss fight at this point in the game. Yeah, and if it's you, like, um, I love this so much. This is the perfect way to do this stuff. If you beat him, uh, you get a different cutscene where it looks like you're about to kill him, and then like someone throws something at you and it hurts you, and then he cuts your hand off. Which is a little lame. Yeah, so like, but realistically, that'll only happen after you've like already played the game once. So it's like you know it's supposed to happen. Yeah. But someone was just like, you know what would be cool is instead, like, if you beat him, you, like, killed him, and then, like, someone gave you a hook shot, or, like, and you, you couldn't get any other augments for your arm. And so you, then you, like, you had the hook shot to get around, because uh, you would need it to get out of the game. Uh, get out of, like, the f- opening level or whatever. But just, like, like defeating the first boss, like, is a net negative towards you. Like, would be kind of an interesting That would be a cool way hook. to select hard mode. Yeah. This is how I would do it. Um, when you kill someone in this game, it goes into like a death animation where you, you do like a special execution animation, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would rig it. So if you actually manage to kill them at this stage, um, like the shot should be like you, you just ram the sword right through his chest and then, um, like he's there and he should be dying, but he gets like a cheap blow in where he he pulls out a little blade and like manages to cut off your arm when you like pull out of him. And then he like he'll he'll be like kneeling over there bleeding, but he knows that he took your arm and he like he'll say something, you know, shigiri, what shigigata, and then fall over and he's dead and that boss is gone, but he still like got a cheap blow in. That sounds cool. Maybe I kind of like your your thing more because that would that would be a totally a Souls thing to do. Yeah. Well, it's weird, like, like, here's a video game company, and they're they're known for making hard games, and so it's like, I guess we have to make the next game really hard, like, it just seems, it's gonna get to a point where I feel like people are gonna be like, man, fuck you, like, you, you, because all you get, for some of this, all you have to do is tweak some numbers, and it's, like, impossible, I don't know, it's, it's largely not for me, I enjoyed playing Bloodborne and Dark Souls, I think, uh, Bloodborne is a, a like, legitimately fantastic game, and Dark Souls 3 is also, like, a really, really good game, but when I finish a game, and I'm just like, man, I don't think I ever need to play this again, I don't know if you did something right. I mean, it depends on the experience you walked away from. Like, if you, even if you don't want to necessarily jump back in, but if you finally beat that last boss and you feel satisfied, maybe it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, like, I don't really feel like the urge to play The Last of Us again, and that was also, like, a legitimately great game, so. You know what was really bad was that, uh, that Nintendo 64 Star Wars game. Oh, was it? I remember really liking that as a kid. It was a great game. But if you play through and you get to the end and the final thing is like the Death Star 2 and you're there like flying through the whole Death Star again and you blow it up with the Millennium Falcons right there and you're about to escape at the end, it like cuts away and it shows this the Death Star exploding. And it's like, but did Dash Rengar make it? Play again on hard to find out. And it's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. This is a long game. Because it's also like, I'm going to guess he made it. That just made me realize I've never actually finished that game. Like, can you imagine, though, if you go back and play it on hard, and then it just, like, cuts away the same way and goes, nope, he didn't. That would be really shitty. You know, I bet YouTube has an answer to that, though. 
oh man, after all these years, I'm gonna finally find out if Dash Rengar made it. Star Wars N64 <laughs> Dash Rengar, how do you spell that? Rendar, there we go. Uh, it was like ending. Um. Okay. Yeah. It looks like they did make it. Part ten. Skyhook battle. I don't know what any of this is. Oh, look at that square ass screen. Gonna just gonna zoom to the end. Yeah, he's flying through. Flying through. This doesn't look that hard. He's not flying very fast. Ooh, there's fire. He just blew the thing. Up. Skip ahead another like twenty seconds. Everyone is super invested. Oh, that's lame. He fakes his own death so that no one will come looking for him. That's dumb. But but you, the player that chose hard difficulty, know the truth. Huh. Well, there you I go. I don't really care. I like the pod racing game on the 64. Yeah, that was a good game, it's man. fucking really hard. That's, on, uh, God that's on Steam now. Is it? Yeah. I bet it's only like $50, too. They would do that. That's gotta be like 4 Even then, uh, 4 uh, might be too much for that. Pod racer. Connecting to Steam. Um, downloading updates. No, it's $10. Fuck that. I ain't paying no $10 for a Nintendo 64 game I already own. We'll put it on, on your wish list and get it when it's $2. Maybe. Well, you have a glad space? Uh, do I have a glad space? Um, is it puppets? No. My glad space is the new Avril Lavigne album called Head Above Water. It's very good. And I don't. I didn't think I would ever end up saying that about an Avril Lavigne album. But this one's really good. Is she really the one good. that comes in like a wrecking ball? No, that's uh, Katy Perry, or no, that's uh, Miley Cyrus. I thought those are the same people. No, the this is Skater Boy. I thought I thought one was like a like a high school girl, and then she has her fake persona where she's um, legal. No, that that yeah, that you're thinking of Miley Cyrus. Yeah, Katy Perry's someone else. She's the firework one. All right. Uh, but yeah, the uh, Avril Lavigne is the I. Uh, he was a Skater Boy. I said, see you later, boy. Oh, that's a fun song. Yeah, so that then she did that a long time ago, and then she did other songs. And the, this album isn't like that at all. Like it's sort of like Kesha's uh, recent album, where it's it feels like it's something she wanted to write. There's like a lot of real instruments. There's a lot of acoustic guitar. Um, it's not really like a normal pop album, or maybe like like uh, Lady Gaga's newest album, where there's a lot of country influences in that. It, there's it's just like a really nice album that isn't dumb trashy pop. There's like one pop song on here, and it's actually pretty fun. The rest is largely like a, lot, like a little bit of soul influence in there. Like it's a it's a surprisingly well put together, well sung uh, album that like iTunes is like this is pop music, and it's like it is, but it's not what most people maybe think about pop music. And uh, it's yeah, good though. Yeah, I've, I've really been enjoying it. I've listened to it a handful of times now. It'll be interesting when I do like a top ten later in the year, because uh, this will be like probably the only non-metal album on it, <laughs> and that's always fun. Yeah, it's good that you find something, you know, just to mix it up, though. Yeah. Yay. So, yeah, they're, 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 go check this out. It's free on Spotify and YouTube. And then if you like it, you should go buy it, which is what I did. That's nice. Support Support, support artists. the arts. Yeah. And your local schools. And your local schools. And your local bars. Yeah, actually. Why not? Those are working people, too. Yep. They got kids to one. go home to and beat. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's off. You don't know. It could be fine. I don't know. Sexual assault I don't care instead anymore. of physical assault. Uh, like everybody's pretzel. a winner. It was assaulted. I like how we started with that Stevani conversation, and this is how we're going to end the show. I've been drinking tonight. Yeah. I feel like you haven't drank enough. Yeah. You didn't pull your end of the deal. <laughs> People are going to listen to this like, man, that Chad Easter, a fucking idiot. It's a good thing Cameron is around. No one has ever said that ever. <laughs> Well, good night, everybody. Good night.